Honorable people, welcome to the Hollywood Heels podcast. I am the rock star, the renaissance man, the Duke Russo, and I am joined by the divine voice himself, Henron, for a no yeet down, no yeet, Smackdown edition. I wonder if they sell those no yeet shirts or if they just like made that because it uh, looked like I'm going to check like, right now. I'm, I'm checking yeah. right now because it looked like it was printed on top of that. Uh, what's popping people back at it again. Um, should be a pretty good episode. I enjoyed it. You know, we're getting real close to Royal Rumble, which is pretty much my favorite PLE uh, of the series that they usually have every year. I just love the excitement of you know, the next competitor coming out. I enjoy the surprises. That's why I'm not the biggest fan of people announcing for it. But we had some good action, you know, kind of leading up to that and some storylines potentially beyond. Uh, what'd you think about tonight's show? Well, more pressing concerns. I can indeed confirm that there is a men's red Jimmy Uso No Yeet t-shirt on the merch shop. Uh, and it, it specifically says Jimmy on the back, whereas the uh, the the Jay Yeet shirt has like his palm tree logo on the back, and this one is actually branded Jimmy No Yeet. So brilliant move by WWE. That's actually what's up. They need to um, they need to do like the old school Allen Iverson jersey, do like a half and half or like a front and back. Like one side says Yeet, the other side says No Yeet. Like that—that's the next shirt that they need. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about that. Um, th- this episode, you know, it—it it wasn't bad. There were some weird things that kind of, kind of fucked with the flow of it a little bit. Um, I was really torn on the start of it. Uh, so I, I guess let's let's actually go into that. Like, I thought we were getting a match, and then I think we all thought we were getting a match, and I think the people in the match thought we were getting a match, and then we didn't get a match because it was supposed to be uh, Cameron Grimes versus Grayson Walla. Like I kind of said in our last SmackDown thing, there was like that random shove uh, between Waller and Grimes, and I'm like, well, I guess we're getting that. Well, I guess we were going to get that, and then except we don't because uh, uh, Solo just spikes everyone. Uh, including like security personnel and, and 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 other people, and then we never we never get the match um, because Solo and Jimmy just end up destroying Grimes, and I'm not even really sure why. I don't think we ever really got a true explanation why, but we do get Heyman on the mic. He's getting booed, saying that uh, you know the real bad guy here is all this. Uh, he he goes on and on and on about the same thing over and over again, and uh, all this announces that uh, the bloodline cannot ruin tonight's main event like they have the last few, uh, because they're in the main event, and it's going to be L A Knight, yeah, yeah, uh, a Randy Orton and AJ Styles versus the Bloodline, all three members of the Bloodline, Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso, and Roman Reigns, except Paul knows that Nick Aldis is already aware that Roman ain't here. And he's like, you know what? You got until the main event to find a third, or it's a handicap match. And, uh, bro, I love Aldis putting on the big boy GM pants here. He just doesn't care. He will not be intimidated. He won't back down. He's going to get his way. And if you try to come at him, he's going to make life worse for you. 
wow, he he's I mean, he's doing it. That's he's showing us what a GM should be. I think Mr. Pierce should be taking notes. But yeah, kind of a kind of a weird intro to the show. Um, I we were supposed to get that Grimes match, but I guess we'll just forget that he's a member of the roster again. Cause I did take notes on all this. I watched all of this happen, but until you mentioned his name, I forgot he was on the show. So thank you for reminding me about his existence. Um, but and then I did like how they gave us a flashback. Because at, at the start of the show, they're like, this is what happened after the show last week. And then they, you know, show Paul telling Roman that it's going to be the four-way or whatever. And Paul is just so ashamed that this is actually happening. And Roman is seething. And he says he's going to take care of it. And then they transition perfectly into Solo walking out and just spiking everybody. He, the security guards are trying to stop him, and he's just spiking them. I did like the transition as well because it made it look as if like that just happened, even though it was you know quote unquote last week. Um, yeah, you know, crowd boos Paul, and this was fun. I did like how he called Aldis James Bond wannabe, and that's kind of a compliment. You know, that's like the suit game. That's that's like. Being a badass, like I don't know, I'm a big 007 fan, so that's kind of a compliment, bro. Like you know, you, sorry, Paul, you kind of hyping the man up. Um, and yeah, he sets him up. You know, you can't ruin the main event. You go and be in the main event. And I wish when they, you know, he tells him you got to find somebody or it's going to be a two on three handicap match. I wish when Aldis walked away, as Jimmy's like in the back panicking, I wish he was like. Paul, you got some trunks or something? Or like he was like, you can borrow my my stuff, bro. Like <laughs> I just want to see some goofy shit trying to get him to get Paul to wrestle because he knows ain't nobody gonna tag with them. But this was it, it was fun and it could you know could have been more fun, but I, I enjoyed kind of cute little segment. Yeah, and we kind of like end up well, you know what? One thing I do want to address before we get too deep into the show is I miss Michael Cole on SmackDown. He's earned having nights off. So I, I don't think we, we actually said anything on the, on the pod about this, but Michael Cole is now exclusive to Raw. And on SmackDown, we're, we're with uh, Kevin Patrick now, full-time. I ain't the biggest Kevin Patrick fan. I kind of miss Michael Cole. Yeah, Kevin Patrick is always just... I, again, I, I forget he's there. I, I don't know if maybe it's the tone of his voice. It doesn't, you know, make my whatever the walls of my eardrums vibrate in a in a manner in which that I am able to hear him. But I forget he's there most of the time. Yeah, I just I don't know. But so this is this is ultimately the story throughout the show is, you know, we get backstage segments. Uh, Jimmy knows that after everything they've done over the last few years, ain't nobody going to tag with them. But Paul's like, yo, don't worry. I got people always lining up to be a part of the judgment uh, judgment day. Wow. <laughs> part of the bloodline. Uh, but, you know, J- Jimmy's worried. Solo. Solo never worries, of course. And then we get shots later on of Heyman trying to recruit Carlito. Obviously, that ain't going to work out. Um, he, he's trying to recruit um, Bobby Lashley. And, you know, Heyman's really trying to lean on their longtime friendship. 
But uh, Bobby would rather have a match against Roman than basically for Roman. And uh, at the end of the night, they're recapping like Jimmy's. Okay, who who you got? Who you got? And rather than admitting his defeat, Heyman's like, "Yo, it turns out n- nobody's nobody's actually worthy of this honor." And he he's got he's got full faith in him, Jim and Solo, and he ain't worried. Jim 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 is worried. Solo's not worried. But now, since Solo's not worried, Jim isn't worried. No yeet. No yeet. Yes, yes. He's not worried because Solo's not worried. And I mean, honestly, I might I might follow Solo in the battle, right? Like that that's Simone Spike. It gets the job done. Um I, I thought it was cute of Paul running around uh trying to find people. I think he could have tried harder. He definitely probably could have found somebody. Um I really think he could have found somebody. Uh he he really messed up when he asked Bobby because Bobby was like, actually, I want to fight Roman. And Paul was like, uh, uh, actually I gotta I gotta go. <laughs> Real fucking quick. Um, but we did miss what could have been the greatest partners that the bloodline could have ever asked for. Pretty deadly, who came and briefly offered their services to Lord Heyman, Mr. Paul Malord, as they approached him. <laughs> and they're just absolutely ridiculous. They're just gasping um, as they're talking to him. Uh Kit Wilson puts his arm around him and Elton's like, oh my goodness. And he he puts his arm up and he's just lightly brushing his shoulder and they're just so excited. And then Paul's like, well, you know who this match is against, right? And he starts naming the opponents. And as he says, you know, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, LA Knight, they kind of take a step back with each opponent. And then all of a sudden now they're busy. Oh, didn't you, didn't you have something on, on about tonight, mate? Like, yeah, yeah, I did actually. Um, but I, yeah, all, all in all, you know, I like, I liked all the bloodline stuff here. Um, I, nah, we could have had some more. I feel like they probably could have found a partner. And I was also thinking as well, where the fuck were we in Nebraska? When in the existence of that state has there ever been a match that could have been as big as Randy, AJ, LA, Solo, Jimmy, Roman? You know what I'm saying? Like, I get, you know, they might have had some shit back in the day, but Nebraska, I feel like that might have been the biggest star power match in the history of that state. I would probably agree, and my I was disappointed here. I feel like they missed a huge opportunity to, and I know they've got a, a little bit of a storyline boiling that that we'll get to in the NXT thing, but like Braun Breaker, like this was the perfect spot to just insert Braun Breaker here, and I I felt like they dropped the ball. Yeah, man, we get to just see Braun Breaker fucking with uh, Boren Corbin, of all people. That's what the hell they're doing with this guy instead of fucking putting him here. Where Imagine Braun Breaker and AJ Styles. That's what we missed tonight. It, 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 we, that 
Braun Breaker, Randy Orton. Like there was there was just so much, so much potential here. We could have had the spear spike combo, except Braun Breaker's spear is better than Roman's spear. So it would have been even better. I I don't know. I felt like they kind of fucked that one up. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into this main event that we had. It ended up being a handicap match where they got no help. No help. And 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 quick quick pin, quick pin in the match and referencing what you just mentioned as far as Braun Breaker joining the bloodline and his spear being the best in the business and better than Roman Reigns, we have that four piece of the current bloodline, but Solo and Breaker start to become buddy-buddy. Solo, whatever, Roman loses the title. I don't know. He sees the weakness in Roman, kind of like he already did in the past. I feel like that's something that was kind of present previously. And him and Breaker take over the bloodline with Paul, which leads Roman you know, to dissipate and Jimmy to go find his brother. Then now they got to come back as the good guys of you know the actual family bloodline i don't know against you know solo and breaker and whoever else they might have accumulated in that time i feel like like a young faction with like led by like solo and breaker that might actually be crazy for like the future of their careers you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and i we know that at the end of the day, like in, in five, six years from now, it's going to be Braun Breaker. It's going to be Carmelo Hayes, which we get an expansion on here. And I, I hope it'll be Ilya Dragunov. I know you're skeptical about that. But realistically, those two dudes are going to be like a big centerpiece of the company in a few years once all these dudes in their mid to late 30s start phasing out, you know? So like, let's, let's get this shit started. That's how the one hundred percent, and that's how it should be. Uh, all those names, I'm I'm hoping as well, right? I again, I do have my skepticism with the way they treated people and the likes of Tyler Bate, who fuck M M to fuck I A for like nineteen years, and then they're like, oh yeah, we forgot about you. We can move you up. Yeah, right? but but I mean, I, I love Tyler Bate, but he's five seven, and he's also not Rey Mysterio, like. That's pretty much the only short dude to ever make it in the WWE, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I forget Ela's a little bit bigger, but I I don't know. But well that's that's a that's another Ela wasn't even on either one of these episodes and he can still be a conversation topic. So he he has enough star power to you know what I'm saying, be worthy of that role. We'll just see maybe in this Triple H world, I think he has a much higher chance. Because looking at the people that they are giving pushes to lately. These aren't people that we would have seen in these positions maybe even a year ago. So, Yeah, I mean, we had Cameron Grimes on this episode. <laughs> gotta, gotta remind the people <laughs> he was there. Oh, man, to the moon, maybe. 2024, maybe. <laughs> maybe this is his year. Maybe. Oh, crypto's back, baby, but we're going to get... um. And they kind of jumped right into this match after, you know, they're not worried, no yeet. Uh, we start hearing voices in our heads. Randy's doing his entrance. And they just jump him. Um, Solo and Jimmy just jump Randy on the apron. They spike him. And he's out. And I was like, oh, 
all right. And then I'm like, it's going to happen now. But evidently, they just go to the ring and then AJ and LA Knight come out. And I'm like, why don't y'all just go backstage again? Because like AJ and LA Knight are supposed to come out. Clearly, they're not right there backstage or else they would have came to help Randy. So you could just go backstage again. And then when AJ comes out, you could just jump him. And <laughs> like, what? Like, if y'all are going to do it, just do it. But no, they just they just stood in the ring and they waited. Um, they got a lot of random crowd shots. Uh, when LA Knight came out, this chick kind of threw like a little tantrum. It didn't seem like it was excitement. It was really weird. And then they cut away really quick. I was like, huh, interesting. I don't know. Overanalyzing randomness. But um, yeah, there's kind of some beef between AJ and LA Knight about who wants to start the match. And Jimmy's like, it don't matter. I'm up in it. And Jimmy just kind of hops in there and hits them both. And we start the match with LA Knight and Jimmy. And I'm like, didn't LA Knight beat Jimmy one-on-one? But all right, whatever. Um, AJ and LA Knight were actually able to work together for a little bit. Uh, some easy, good tags, taking each other out, mainly just beating up Jimmy when they finally tagged Solo in. Solo was choking both men out two on one for a brief minute, brief second, I should say, and then double team him and took him out and just, you know, kind of a basic match. Uh, Solo eventually took over doing his solo things. He had the, uh, I don't know, what do they call it? The sciatic nerve? I don't know. He had the nerve pinch on the shoulder. Oh, so gruesome. It was actually, like, I had to change the channel almost because it was so violent. Um, he did hit the booty bump in the corner, uh, the Umaga hip attack, which was pretty nasty that he hit on AJ. Um, we eventually get, you know, Jimmy in there, and, you know, Jimmy's in there now, so we know AJ's going to hit the comeback. He's trying to get the, uh, Hot tag to LA Knight. LA gets distracted by Solo, sends Solo into the stairs. And then AJ goes to tag him again. And since he didn't get the hot tag the first time, I guess they argue about it. Like, why weren't you there before, brother? And so they're mad. But then uh, Jimmy gets up and goes for the super kick. AJ dodges it and he hits LA Knight. Then they both just kind of start fighting. They end up on the outside. And we start to hear voices once again. And Randy Orton makes the appearance because it looks like, you know, we're getting a 2v1 now since LA Knight was down. And we just had uh, AJ, Jimmy, and Solo. But here comes Randy. AJ gets the tag. And here we go. Randy hits the classics. You know, hits the uh, power slam. He hits the um, draping DDT. And I'm thinking at this this moment as well, it's nice that this is a different way that we can have Randy Orton in a match, but not have him have to wrestle that much without having him just stand on the apron or lay on the floor. So I guess that's why they jumped him early. So they had an excuse of why. Because we, you know, Randy's hurting. They don't want him, maybe not hurting, but not in the condition where they necessarily want to take any big risks with him. So they want to keep him as limited as possible. And I, I like this, the way that they did this, it was different. Didn't take too much away from it. 
Um, and he was still able to get out there and be Randy Orton, like to a fucking T. And we still got to see, you know, a nice little match, not necessarily a three way, you know, three on three tag match that you would have traditionally have seen. But it, you know, it was just a tag team match, right? With Randy Orton floating around. <laughs> But it was it was super, super nice when he did finally get in there. Um, Jimmy did, you know, hit a super kick, but Randy Orton's wobbly and he hits an RKO and it genuinely felt out of nowhere uh, because he just kind of showed up, did his moves uh, and then randomly hit an RKO and won the match. And I was like, oh, nice, like kind of out of nowhere. Not over yet. Solo comes in, starts attacking Randy. But then we get uh, the phenomenal forearm from AJ to save Randy, who's about to get spiked again. And then now we get LA Knight in there, and he's kind of like, well, I want some action. So he hits the BFT on Solo, who takes his second consecutive finisher. And now they're kind of talking to each other, and Randy gets up, climbs up on the ropes, and Solo is like a zombie, just kind of floating around while on his feet. And he's... You know, another RKO from Randy, which is great. Um, and then they end up on the outside. Um, they end up getting Jimmy. And then I mean, they, they beat both the guys up here for a little bit. But the the culmination of things is they pick up uh, Solo and they hit him with the shield powerbomb through the announce table. And then uh, Randy just yells as they go off the air. Screw his big ass. <laughs> <laughs> the shield the shield bomb was the highlight of this whole segment for me like the 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 subtle meaning there was just superb and the fact that la knight was in the quote-unquote roman position i don't know you know what that might have meant that's that's true but this was another like the like I said about the last LA Knight match, like this was another one of those things of where he kind of stands out as the worst wrestler to me. Like, is is this just me losing the luster of LA Knight or or do you see it too? No, I mean I saw it from the beginning. Like I I'm I got hype with the crowd. I got hype with everybody as the LA Knight train took off, right? But from the get go you know, when, when before, like I heard about the hype before I was on to the hype, right? Like I heard like everybody getting hype with this guy. And I was like, I don't even know who that is. And I, you know, watched him wrestle. And I was like, I don't see what everybody's so excited about. But then I heard him talk and I was like, yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it, that's what it's turned into. It's kind of, it's starting to, for me, turn into a, yeah. And I think he's going to slowly fade out. He had his moment, his time to shine. You know, maybe he gets a match, but maybe he keeps talking about getting a match. And then he's going to be one of those top baby faces that they keep around to lose to a big heel on the way to a title match. Maybe. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, career-wise, who who I would equate him to of of somebody in their presence like 
but I'm kind of drawing a blank. Maybe maybe he's the next Jinder Mahal. How about that? <laughs> I thought we were trying to give the man praise. Like <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, like I didn't watch a lot of wrestling back in this person's era when, you know, what I'm going to mention. But the age thing, when they kind of got their popularity later on in their career, I feel like DDP was a... Uh, was if we're talking similarities, mm. you know, because DDP wasn't a young guy when he was out there. You know what I'm saying? Gaining yeah, I mean, I was a pretty big DDP fan when I was a kid because we're actually from the same same hometown. Um, so maybe I just saw it differently. And also, like, I was a little kid. I can't say that I've gone back and watched a ton of DDP matches, but, like, I was mega hype. He was one of my favorites when I was a kid. Um the the diamond cutter eventually turned into the RKO and you know I don't know I've always kind of liked that move maybe that's maybe that's why I like Randy so much is like there's some subliminal programming in my head to enjoy that I don't know but I'm only referencing the popularity and age not necessarily wrestling ability because I do feel that 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 is they're not on the same level right yeah yeah um I guess so. I I guess I never really thought about like his age when cuz I was like fucking 8. <laughs> so, I never really thought about it that way. Yeah, like even these current people like I don't necessarily think about the age until you can notice it. Like when you fucking see like Theory Mellow Waller in there. You know what I'm saying? You could see that these fools are young as hell compared to these other people that you know you've seen for the past 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And you know, speaking of that, we we get a couple segments involving and a match involving Carmelo Hayes. So we we get a little segment here where he's in Aldous's office. Long story short, you know, he's kind of kind of making his case to be on the SmackDown roster, get a SmackDown contract. And at the end of this segment, he comes out with a match against Theory. And we do get the match, except unfortunately the match doesn't really end. Yeah. Um, from that segment, the only thing I really liked was he calls out you know, Austin Theory, and he says, A-Town down bad tonight. And I, I like when they throw in that, uh, you know, current pop culture slang. <laughs> that, always, that always pops me. That's just quality content. But, yeah, they were both really going at it. They were really trying to have a good match. They were really trying to put on and show out. Um, there was a nice counter by Melo. When they were they were fighting over suplexes on the apron, Austin Theory climbs up onto the first rope trying to suplex Melo to the outside. Melo jumps and sits down, swings his leg in between the ropes and sits on the second rope and pulls, you know, Theory over inside the ring into a suplex. Very interesting counter. Was nice. Uh, he was moving fast. You know, hit his Melo moves, the big springboard clothesline as he twists around. He hits the big whatever Tierra's space buster when you know they get the big tilt to whirl but he slams him down like you know the gargano escape or brian danielson or whatever the hell people that have done it prior to that um but we eventually get them both up in the ropes um 
Melo's sitting on the top, and it looks like Theory's trying to do some type of Arabian press, uh, like capture split moonsault. What's that shit called? Spanish fly, but he's sitting down. And I just don't think there was enough rotation, I guess. But they both just fucking came down, like right on their head and necks. I couldn't tell exactly what happened. I don't know if their heads hit each other. It kind of looked like Theory may have gotten the worst of it because it looked like he kind of hit the side of his head. But then at the same time, Melo kind of landed on the back of his head and neck. But the ref instantly, not instantly, but like seconds after that, calls the match off. They get the doctor in there and the doctor's checking him out and they cut the commercial. I've not kept up. You heard anything about this yet? Or I've not really looked into it. I haven't heard anything on theory. I know like uh, Mello tweeted out that he was all good by basically tweeting out the the Undertaker sitting up from being dead uh, uh, gif. So I'm assuming (laughs) that's like, hey guys, I'm okay. Um, I, in in the moment, I thought Mello got the worst of it, but then like watching replays and whatnot, I do agree. It looked like Theory took the the worst of it. And again, this is one of those things where like, uh, yes, wrestling to a degree is scripted, but like the shit that they do is very real and can go wrong very badly, very quickly, as as any of wrestling fans have seen. You know, people have died in the ring, so like. You know, I, I'm I'm just glad to see that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they would have pushed through that match. And, and I'm glad to see that now they're like, hey, you know what? Like, Theory, you know, I may not have liked him for a while. He may be growing on me. But yeah, like, it'd be nice to see him in the ring at 38 years old. You know what I mean? Like, I I appreciate that they value that. And, and it's, we're seeing it work, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And and two things to note on that that this reminds me of. I believe that's the second actual, like, ex-ref stoppage. Like, didn't they do that with Charlotte? Or did they continue the match? They, they continued that match. It, I, I think, like, those types of injuries, if the wrestler will keep going, then they won't stop it. But like head injuries, obviously the wrestler has no say. And yeah, they, they had a stoppage. It was Vinci. the, uh, yeah, Vinci getting creamed in the head. So, there you, go. you know, the, the head injury stuff they don't fuck with. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It looks um, like I feel like they've had more stoppage of matches in these first in this first month of 2024 than like they did in collective 2023 like i can i don't maybe they did right i'm not saying they didn't but i can't recall the last time i saw them stop a match like this and i've already seen it twice this year so i i think that that's a good sign i i feel like there's a lot of things that are just different than previously and i do feel like there's a lot of positive changes in this company which is great to see you know hopefully it leads to more longevity more entertainment you know just more stuff for us as fans and for the health of these employees at their jobs right 
Yeah, but, and if you're one of these internet trolls that says that they're soft, you should sit down, shut the fuck up, and fall down a flight of stairs yourself. Yeah, take take a long walk off a short bridge. Is you know what I'm saying? Um, and, but this also kind kind of reminded me as well from the way that he hit that move, that sit down moonsault where you basically use your thighs to bounce off the rope and flip they have moves that they banned i don't know if they took that ban list away because people are you know hitting canadian destroyers I, I haven't seen many traditional suplexes or stuff like that but i feel like anything in that manner you don't have as much control as you know you, the bounce that you need to hit that move so you can under rotate and that's gonna happen like I can only think back to Battlegrounds 2016, one of my favorite matches, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And Sami was trying to do, you know, that Arabian Moonsault or whatever. I believe that's what it's called when um, you bounce off like that from the middle to the outside over the apron. And he just shortchanged it, almost broke his neck on the apron, right? And then Kevin Owens was there to like save his life, you know? And I'm like, I've seen Christopher Daniels, you know, he, he loves doing that. Um, and he's almost broken his neck doing the exact same thing. And I feel like maybe that move, we don't need that one, you know? So what's her name? Kalani Jordan, maybe cut that out. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. And there are just some things that, I don't know. That's why, that's why I do love the WWE is because there's more to it than just the brutality. You know, I, I saw on Twitter the other day, or maybe it was even today, like somebody doing like a top turnbuckle brain buster where like you literally just drop the dude on his head on the top turnbuckle. And I'm like, there's just, there's really just no need for that. You know what I mean? Like the, it's a risk that doesn't need to be taken. You know, it, if I wanted to only see that, I don't know. I'd probably just be like an MMA fan, but like I like the the character building and and the storylines and the whole arcs and everything. Like there's more to it than just the the brutality and the the things that have just insanely high risk. I just don't don't see that they're worth it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that used to be um El Generico's finisher aka Sami Zayn before he uh joined WWE and that was uh a mildly controversial topic because they were like, is it, you know, can he do it? Oh, oh, he's weak. But then it's like, you know, he's still pretty fucking amazing without, you know, almost murdering somebody, you know, at the end of every match. Yeah, that 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 move is like seriously not a good idea. Like, I, I don't know how. I, I guess in the beginning when you're trying to stand out and set yourself apart and you're Sami Zayn, so like you're not built like an Adonis or, you know, you, you don't, you don't, you're not fucking Omas feet tall. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you have to do some wild ass shit to stand out, but goddamn, there's just, I, please people like walking is cool, you know? Yeah, like all the all the stuff on the on the indies. Like I get it, you know. You want to get hits because you want to be the next hundred fifty million hit man. I get it, right? Me too. But hashtag me too. But you can't. <laughs> um, you just can't. Like sometimes it's not worth it, right? Like if it's like 
if it's comedy, if it's not going to injure you, you know what I'm saying? If you have proper safety precautions, sure. Like there was one where this, you know, smaller individual jumped into a pile of like 10 guys. It might've been high, but there's 10 men catching a person less than 50 pounds. That's okay. Right. But we don't, we don't need, you know, trying to do a moonsault onto a table over cement right like maybe not yeah and i I do love you know the attitude error i mean of course we we look at the the undertaker um mankind uh hell in a cell match uh as as like a pinnacle of a lot of things and whatnot but and I think we've all watched the videos of them talking about it or like them sitting down or rewatching it and that kind of stuff and whatnot. And of course they were um amazing parts of history and, and you know, in in ways they're proud of it. But I've never really heard them ask like, Would you do it again? You know what I mean? Like now knowing everything that you know and now living in the body that you live in now would would you do it again yeah you know was it worth it did it hurt that bad you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah like (laughs) i i don't know maybe maybe this is just me getting old bro maybe we're old now and and we actually think about stuff like that it's it's 100 percent that because i know like years ago like send it brother murder him you know what i'm saying Stay tuned for our next podcast, which is going to be about colonoscopies. And maintaining proper good health. <laughs> yeah, make sure you get your fiber in, folks. You know, oh, man. I always recommend a daily probiotic. <laughs> all right, so uh, we, we got the... All right, so let's get to the first match that we actually had. Um, we had... I, I think it's technically the match debut of Angel and Umberto up on the main roster versus LWO, Joaquin Wilde and, and Cruz del Toro. Yes, the, the man who Carlito has been trying so hard to get his hands on Santos Escobar, and he's just always so mad. I love the, the memes and the gifts of him just saying his name over and over. It's, it is quality content. But we get him with Angel and Umberto. They still don't have last names. They've lost their tattoos. The tattoos have now migrated to their entrance gear. Bueno. Um, I believe Corey Graves called them the Lethal Luchadors. God, I hope that's not that name. Um, one point while Santos is on commentary wearing this black and white snakeskin suit jacket. Fire, fire. Um, that's a that's a shot to Seth. All right, I'm gonna need to see what he's got on uh on this upcoming Raw because if he doesn't show out Santos, oof. Come on, brother. But he called them uh, the Legado World Order. So maybe that's kind of... He's trying to take over LWO. That'd be interesting, right? Now Now he's like, I made it, right? I brought it back. So, you know, and he can continue selling the... Making the money off the LWO merch, but now they're bad guys. Or they got the good LWO and the bad LWO, and they're just going to double down on the merch sales. Either way, right? Make that money. Um, but 
this uh, Joaquin Wild, he could be somebody if they actually did something with him. Uh, he's kind of very entertaining to watch. He hit like a nasty poison Rana at one point, which is pretty disgusting. Um, although his homeboy, uh, Del Toro, hit a pretty good uh, corkscrew dive, corkscrew plancha, tornillo. I don't, I don't know, you know, one of those words. Um, beautiful on, on the outside. He, he, he could have hit another 180 on it, right? It looked like a 540. It wasn't a 720, right? So if you can't hit the full 720, like, come on now. Like, I need you at least Bob Burnquist out here. You know, you, out here with a 540, that's just whack. Um, and randomly, Carlito interrupts the match um, and comes out there to attack Santos. And Santos gets up. And first off, Santos is excited to play the music. He's like, oh, there he is. He's coming out. He takes his, his nice jacket off, and he, he looks like he has on a Versace shirt. And he tells Corey Graves, he's like, oh, he's going to take forever. Watch this. Like, <laughs> like, I guess making fun of his entrance. But then Carlito's behind him, and he jumps him from behind, beats him up. They brawl into the crowd. We don't see him anymore. Angel's like, what's going on? Uh, eventually, Angel... Joaquin's trying to do some type of cross uh, body, like body leg scissor takedown, but Angel counters it, sits on him for the one, two, three, pulls on the ropes, you know, cheats, uh, but the ref doesn't see it to actually sneak the the one, two, three for Angel and Umberto to win. Um, yeah, that was really. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. It wasn't super exciting. We're going to see a rematch because they cheated. This is all leading up to a three way. Hopefully it's some type of stipulation three way. I don't want to see no boring ass match. Give me a like a ladder match, maybe. That'd be fun, especially with Joaquin Wild. Um, yeah, I mean, this this was kind of bland, I guess. Uh, it, it was nice to see these dudes up on the main roster, but the thing is, is like they've been so good in NXT that I was kind of, I guess, kind of disappointed. Um, not not by them by any means, but just by like, I don't know. Are we gonna are we gonna see? Angel hit the the double underhook tiger driver. Now that we just got done talking about brutal stuff, but I feel like that's a nice balance. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not a fucking top turn to buckle brain buster, but it's it's still pretty pretty intense looking. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Angel did, or not Angel, but Umberto. He did. Um, what the hell did he hit? He hit that nasty uh, spinning sit out power bomb after a beautiful moonsault. Uh, he didn't land the moonsault because uh, the guy rolled out of the way. But like that was like a perfect moonsault. Uh, before, you know, just like to land on his feet to hit that power bomb. So, I mean, Umberto is very liquid in the motherfucking ring. I, they both are. I I really enjoy both of them, and and hopefully, like this is them here to stay. Um, when you were saying like the whole two LWO things like immediately I went to like NWO and then like the wolf pack with the red and like it, it I I loved NWO it's probably one of like my my childhood highlights of wrestling but uh just let it die 
You know what I mean? Like we didn't need to call the LWO the LWO and do the NWO shit. Like I, the, the, we, I, 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 we didn't need it. We we need to get uh, the custody custody of LWO match on the ladder. That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> and you, you have like the the uh, the ownership rights to the LLC up in the briefcase. Exactly. Who gets the merch money? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, all right. So we've got we've got Logan Paul addressing KO via video. And he's threatening to sue KO, basically saying that, uh, you know, I, I was advised that you assaulted me with a deadly weapon when, when you used uh, your cast to do so. And then later on in the show, KO invites Logan Paul like, hey, you know, let, let's, let's talk it over next week on the KO show, which I think, bro, I don't even remember the last time that we had a KO show first off. Yeah, ever since Waller's been around, it's been Grayson Waller effects. We haven't seen the KO show in a very long time, and I th- I'm I'm excited, right? Like, I thought it was cute that he was, you know, you you know your your cast is illegal, and we're gonna get Kevin Owens. Like, I don't need my cast, and he's gonna come in there with a broken hand. It's not healed, but he doesn't have the cast, and then Logan Paul's gonna, you know, if he wins. It's because of something hand related, but if not, it's just going to be another thing to help make the baby face persevere. So that way it's an even bigger victory when he overcomes all the odds and beats the Maverick, Logan Paul. But I'm excited to see uh, Logan get punched out on the KO show. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be pretty good. And I just find it ironic coming from a dude that like his whole shtick is that he has a titanium hand. <laughs> it's like like I have a hard time, you know, like supporting the guy, but I mean, he's doing it well. Yeah. Yeah. So another interesting segment that we had is is I guess we're we're getting the death of Butch and the and the rebirth of Pete Dunn here. We we got Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate in a coffee shop and you know Tyler Bate wants to bring British strong style back but Dunn is hesitant saying that you know he's got to kind of forge his own way here but uh, are we getting the rebirth? Yeah, I think we are. But I'm like, what the hell is this? What are you talking about? He said, what What did you want your name to be? Or whatever the hell did he said to him. I'm like, what? I'm like, we're just, we're just going to pretend like you're not Butch? What do you mean? You don't, you don't, I don't know, man. This was weird to me, bro. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not really sure what's going on here. I, I think that they just acknowledged that brawling brutes needed to be done and and they're just kind of like meandering their way through it as they go. That's that's my only interpretation. Yeah. I mean, this is why we need to get that uh Seamus and Ridge the Fridge come back and they could be bad guys or something and they got competitors right here. That would be a pretty disgusting match, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, all right, so we we had a match 
that I wasn't really looking forward to, but honestly probably ended up being match of the night. And for like a mid-card match, even though they're like top top tier women's talent, Bianca versus Bailey, that match went pretty good and they went let them go for a long ass time, dude. Yeah, I was very surprised. Like it won me over uh towards the end as well. I'd probably have to give it match of the night as well. Um for actual like being a match. It's hard to call um that main event deal like a match. You know what I'm saying? And even even if you do want to call it a match, yeah, it was it had a great ending and some fun stuff. But I'm sorry, like I can't watch LA Knight and Jimmy wrestle. That's honestly that's not entertainment, but <laughs> um unfortunately. But this is very this was very fun telling this checked a lot of boxes, right? I loved how damage control they came out together, united front. Or so we thought. Uh Bianca comes out by herself and we get a like an early over the top cross body from Bianca to Bailey and everybody just kind of moves out the way. You know, and Bianca Ooh, just bitch, get out the way. Sorry, I just had to. And that's exactly what happens with all of damage control. You you'd think all four women out there, you know, are gonna start throwing some fists, some fisticuffs, you know, in Bianca's direction, but you know, they, they didn't at this time and Bianca just kind of starts going in and you know, there's a little bit of a, a back and forth, and we get a moment where Bailey ties Bianca's braid. And the the whole time she's tying it, the ref's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, ref, if she can't do that, disqualify her. What are you talking about? You don't tell somebody you can't do that. Either you can or you can't. Why are you out here? We're not going to play ref's discretion. Either it's against the rules or it's not. What the hell are we talking about? But yeah, she ties her up. She beats her ass. But then... Bianca uses this to counter Bailey before she can knee her. She pulls her braid to comically trip Bailey, uh, causing her to fall into the turnbuckle and you know get damaged. And and then you know Bianca starts to take over. She does that outside post bend when you know Bailey's on the corner on the inside. Bianca's on the outside, and you know she grabs her by the neck, grabs her by the feet, and just kind of bends her backwards across the buckle. You know, quality content. Um, we we get a moment when Bianca's up top. You know, she's about to get the big 10 punches in the corner with the, with the crowd chanting. She gets the big, big 10 count, but Bailey, you know, gets out. She grabs the braid again. She's trying to pull Bianca down, but Bianca just overpowers her, pulls her braid back, pulls Bailey back into the corner for another 10 count, which was quality quality content. Um, hits the backbreaker. Um, goes again to try to hit, you know, another standing moonsault, but ends up catching the feet of Bailey, who's trying to get her knees up and Bailey eventually hits a big elbow drop off the top. Uh, the crowd surprisingly chanting Bailey sucks randomly in this match, which 
normally we don't see that. Normally we we like we rarely see her actually getting booed, even when she's a bad guy. So I was kind of surprised here. I guess they must have really been uh, behind Bianca. Um, we had another, probably one of the big moments here as well, when Bailey basically fakes that she has the knee injury. She sends Bianca to the outside. So Bianca's laying outside on the floor, right in front of all four members of damage control. Bianca or Bailey is faking that she has a knee injury. So the ref is focused on her and they do nothing. <laughs> and, you know, they eventually get back in the ring and, and Bailey is just, just so confused. And the ref is like getting after damage control. What did you do? And they're like, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and we get a spear by Bianca at this point. Everybody's high. Bianca's kind of, looking over her shoulder, waiting for them to attack, waiting for the ambush, waiting for the help, you know, and she gets her up in the KOD and she's still looking over her shoulder. And when she sees that nobody gets in, she kind of shrugs her shoulders, gives that little, that little face where you're like, okay, hits the KOD for the one, two, three. And even after the match, she's, she's kind of hesitant on celebrating and dancing, waiting, waiting to get jumped. But nobody jumps there, so she dances. <laughs> oh, this was uh, interesting. Yeah, and it it spills into the segment after the match where they're backstage, and and Bailey's like, uh, uh, where where was the help? And you know, naturally, the uh, the the translator, the official translator of Damage Control, Dakota Kai, is like, you know, we we, we thought you had that on your own, you know. And uh, she's like, well, and you, you, you got the, the rumble to win um, on, on your own. So th- this, is, this is my prediction here, is that Bailey gets eliminated from the rumble by somebody in damage control. And then that's the beginning of the end right there. And then she wins chamber to challenge Io. That's, that's, my, that's my prediction here. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. And I mean, I, I, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, I, I don't, I think we still don't know where she is. Like, there were rumors of AEW debuts and then that never happened. So then the rumors started back up that she's going to end up in WWE and then that didn't happen. And then, you know, now now it's back to AD. I don't I don't fucking know. So I don't know if Bailey's gonna have a friend, if she's not gonna have a friend, what's gonna go on there, but uh regardless, this is going to end up with a match against the O. Yeah, and there was recently a TNA hard to kill pay per view where um they weren't announced or anything like that, but Bailey and Sasha were there watching formerly known as Naomi Trinity Fatu, uh, where I believe she lost her uh, TNA impact or what, what's it called now? The, the knockout championship. I believe she lost that to Jordan Grace. Um, I don't know where she's going to go. Mercedes Monet. She could go wherever she wants. Um, she's gonna make money, and I mean, they're gonna wherever she goes, they're gonna put a belt on her. I I feel like 
maybe they were just supporting their friend. Maybe, you know, Mercedes was seeing what the atmosphere is like on TNA. But I feel like, I mean, the talks with AW and TNA were okay, but I don't know how the talks are between WWE and TNA because they sure did let Mickey James be in the Rumble when she was the TNA champion and she came out there with the belt. So very interesting. Yeah, and it goes back to the Triple H era, and I, I think that he has better working relationships with a lot of these people that Vince did, but I don't know. that This whole Sasha Banks, Mercedes, Monet saga, I, I have no idea where it's going to go. But All right, so we get to the last segment that we have not covered, the Pride segment. <laughs> so we basically have... Actually, you know what? I don't think they actually called it the Pride. So there, there was a bunch of stuff on social media and Bobby Lashley like put it in his Twitter bio and whatnot that they're calling the group the Pride. And then in the segment, they didn't call it the Pride. So like obviously the Pride has kind of some double entendre meanings here. You know, I was, I was joking that we're going to see Velveteen Dream show up in the group. Um, and, and I don't know if that's why is like maybe maybe it just doesn't have the connotation they want it to have. I, I don't know. Like obviously it's supposed to be a pride alliance, but it's just kind of uh, uh, ambiguous in meaning. So I don't know what's going on there, if they're actually going to call themselves that or not. But we do know that the AOP and Carrying Cross group is called the Final Testament, and I actually kind of like it. Um, this whole segment is basically just Bobby and and Prophets calling out Cross and AOP, and then Ellering comes out, points at the video screen, they roll a video, and that's when you know Cross and Scarlet do their their spooky stuff, and then they they say that they're the Final Testament. So yeah, yeah, um, we got a lot of talking from Carrie and Cross here, not much from. The Pride and, and Bobby and his boys um, basically just calls these fools out. The Final Testament. It's, I kind of like it because um, I think they're trying to keep book related as well because I believe the, like, the authors of Pain, right? They, they write books. You know what I'm saying? So I guess the Testament, you know, kind of like the last chapter of a book, right? Um, not a bad name. I got to see where else they can go. Do we have a triple finisher? Because then you automatically will be at a, at a high praise in my books. Um, but well, if you- they did, it would be like the super collider and then like the modified F5 that Cross is doing like all at the same time. But like on one person, like I'm thinking like a shield power bomb. You know what I'm saying? Oh uh, yeah, I gotcha. Cause I, I, you know, I don't know, but I wouldn't. I would like to. Uh, I'd like to see that. Cause I, you know what I'm saying. Anytime you got combo shit, you gain points. Yeah, and let's. Uh... You know, they they pull out all the stops for carrying cross. We know that. So maybe they will give him a nice new fancy uh, triple finisher. Yeah, I had all this time to practice together. 
All right, so moving on to NXT. Uh, really, the most important thing in this NXT is uh, your boy cashing in, getting the belt. I won't say it. I'll let you say it. Oh, bah. They need to, um, when I'm thinking, I'm thinking they they had to like, like get like a chant or something, you know, but they got like the, the ooh. Ooh, that's kind of like a chant that they do with him now, right? So that that that's the new chant. That's the new hype shit, right? That's the next influx in the NXT scene. Obafemi, your new North American champion, uh cashed in on Dragon Lee, who beat Lexus King. Don't know why that guy was on my screen. To kind of recap everything that was going on. Lexus talked to Ava Rain to get his match today. Had an interview later, and he basically was like, Oba, get out of here. I shall challenge for the North American. I could see you being the next NXT champion. And then Oba didn't like him wasting his time, and Oba was like, his match is the main event tonight. And he looks at the contract, and I'm like, I, you know... I love that you didn't, like, you really didn't expect it, right? Like they kind of hinted at it, but they always hint at it, right? But you you don't expect them to pull the trigger, and and I feel like, I feel like they knew they were gonna do this from, maybe like a week or two ago, because I feel like they kind of set it up with the Lola Vice trying to cash in, to kind of let you know like that it is pot, everything is possible, right? So that way you're not you know too caught off guard and having all these random questions like uh. Like we did last time, because if this was the first time they did it, then it might be super weird. But they gave them a little match when he actually cashed in, but it wasn't too much. He ended up just fucking picking this man up in like the fall away slam position and then threw him up on his shoulders, picked him up again, you know, for the big last ride style pop up power bomb, fucking smash the kid, new champion. And I love it. Yeah, this this guy, he just throws grown ass men like like they're children. It's kind of scary, you know. And like Dragon Lee ain't that tiny of a dude. Um, it's pretty wild. So I I kind of want to see him in a meat match, though. You know, like I just I I just want to see what it's like how he handles another big dude. And you know, um, you know what match? I guarantee you, I'll I'd almost put money on it that we are likely to see in the next month and a half with Obafemi. Bye, Jack. Von Wagner. Oh God, no, I don't. We got he. It can't be a super big match. He does need a build up, and that that is a good name for him to go over. They both could use a little bit of development. I do believe Obafemi is supposed to be a heel. So that is a good heel face match. And that is probably going to be the first meat match. And just guessing, just guessing. But I, I that's what I foresee because I can't see him getting any other more prominent names because I don't think he's going to get any big victories over prominent names right now. I honestly think they might give him like a Jade Cargill run from uh, AEW where he's like, I don't foresee him facing those upper echelon Dijaks. Cause I don't know if he can beat Dijak. Cause then you're you, like, yeah, this guy's good, but you're kind of burying Dijak. 
So I mean, they've been burying Dijak for years. <laughs> but this would be like shovel in the dirt. You might as well release the guy if you're going to have Obafemi beat him this early. I mean, he's the ruler, the destroyer. Yeah, but he, not yet. Not not yet. He's got to beat Von Wagner. He's got to beat, Bri- what's his name? Josh Briggs. He's got to beat Hank yeah. and Hank. Gallus. You know what I'm saying? It's got to beat those guys before he takes on Dijak or Breaker or Corbin. I mean, I'd be all right feeding them Corbin. Like, I'm, I'm, let's, let's put the shovel and the dirt in, uh, in that hole. But speaking of Corbin, um, he should be distracted a little bit because he's part of the, uh, dusty classic. Let's just, uh, jump, jump on that dusty classic. Um, what teams we got on it? Who do you got? We got Braun Breaker, Baron Corbin, Axiom, Nathan Frazier, Gallus, which I believe is Mark and Joe Coffey. I believe Wolfgang sat out. We got Chase U, represented by Duke Hudson and Riley Osborne. We got Edris Sanofe and Malik Blade. We got the final entrance. Uh, announced on this episode to be Trick Mellow Gang. Um, I believe, oh, and Hank and, and Hank and Tank, right? I, I mean, to me, it's it's got to be Braun Breaker, Baron Corbin. I think that's just the most uh, OP pairing. Um, obviously, Trick Mellow Gang is an interesting one as well. I'm surprised we didn't end up with like Lexus LWOs in there as well. LWA anyway. I I I got Braun Breaker, Baron Corbin all the way who beat Gallus in this show. So yeah, and I think um, I think next week it's gonna be Nathan Frazier and Hank and Tank, and Nathan Frazier beat them. So I think the next we get is Frazier against Corbin, and because they're on that side of the bracket, I believe. And they're obviously going to win that to go on to the finals. I believe we have who faces is Trick Mello versus Idris Anofe, or is it? Yeah, um, yeah, Trick okay. Mello versus Malik Blade and, and Anofe. And then it's LWO versus Chase Duke and Riley Osborne. I believe. Yeah, I just I can't I can't stand Riley Osborne. So please let's let's get them out right away. That's kind of hard because I feel like both are in positions where it's like you just put LWO there. Yeah, they're a joke, but it's like they're kind of stars because they were on the main roster. So I don't know if they're going to take an L, but you're kind of just pushing Chase U right now. You know what I'm saying? So I really don't Chase know. Chase U. Chase U. My bad. She's trying to revive the school. She's got some plans that she's talking to all the girls about, but not the guys. Um, didn't she put hear that it. shit on her back. <laughs> but I think, I think Trick Mello are going to beat Anofe. And then when, I guess we're going to get Trick Mello LWO would be my guess. And then we're going to see Ron Breaker Mello again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. 
because I mean, at this point, so Axiom and Nathan Frazier won here, and then Braun and Baron won. So are we getting Axiom, Nathan Frazier versus Braun and Corbin? Yeah, from from when they showed the graphic, they were on the same side of the bracket. Okay, yeah, that's no contest there. I mean, it'll be a fun match, but realistically, like, there's absolutely no fucking way Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin are losing that match. Um, I don't know. I could actually, even though I don't want it to happen, I could actually see them pushing Chase U all the way just because of this Chase U plot line they got going. I could see that as well because it's, you know, it's honestly a toss-up between who beats them versus uh, LWO. I feel like I feel like we could even see Edris and Ofame Malik Blade sneak out a win just from a distracted Trick Mellow gang. Or well, we could also end up in a situation where they replace Trick Mellow gang and play up the injury to to Mellow. That too, that too, and then fuck, you know, yeah, they'd have to replace the whole team, right? Because I doubt Trick, because he didn't want to be in it in the first place. Melo kind of had to talk him into it. Oh no, you know what they should actually do is that Trick Melo gang, they take them out because of the Melo injury, and then they insert Umberto and Angel. They win, wow. LWO wins, and then you get another LWO. Uh, versus Angel and Umberto with something actually on the line here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like that's I like that, but you then you're gonna end up what with a uh, a double heel final, and you can't. I mean, I guess you can have Breaker lose, but I feel like you can't have Angel and Umberto lose. If you know what I'm saying, if you want this LWO stuff to be relevant. They, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we beat you, but we lost. So, like, you're the shittiest, or you're the non-shittiest of the shitters. Is that any good? Yeah, but, I mean, it. they could do interference. Like, they could do it in a way where, like, it's not damaging in that regard. I get what you're saying. That's true. So, I, I don't know. There's a million ways they could play that out. But, yeah, I, I think no matter what, ultimately, we get Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin on top. For sure, for sure. Um, I think the best thing on this entire show, and I'm gonna I'm gonna double down because I actually forgot to mention the best thing on on SmackDown as well. But the best thing on this show, I don't even remember the guy's name. Um, but I believe it was my boy, the Legal Eagle. He was showing Ava Rain some pictures, and evidently the match that he lost, his foot was under the rope when he got pinned. And like I said way back when Jimmy helped Roman against LA Knight and they kept saying that Jimmy screwed him, Roman's leg or arm was already under the rope, just like the legal eagle said right here. He said in the WWE bylaws that <laughs> that is, you know, you can't be pinned if you're underneath the rope. I was like, I knew that was a thing. You can't bring that up. And think I forgot because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he said that, I said, he needs to call Paul Heyman. Somebody needs to go f- fix that everything back there. Y'all are wrong. You're wrong, LA Knight. I mean, maybe it's only applicable in NXT. I need the handbook. 
Article 4, Section 32, Line 47. Oh man, but yeah, that 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 hyped me up on this episode. But what I forgot to mention on, on SmackDown, it didn't happen, but it's letting us know next week on SmackDown we have a women's tag team match. And it's the party girls against the witches. I don't even know what I'm gonna do with my life next Friday. Yeet. Yeet. I mean, here's the thing, like, party girls, they're fun in the ring, but that's literally all they are. Like, they don't do anything for me on the microphone. I mean, they don't even really let them speak. The whole EDM fucking festival shit is just kind of lame or whatever. Like, the witches are so much more interesting. Yeah, so like, are we just going to get a boom title change? Are they going to become... Is this even a title match? Are they going to become number one contenders and then they're going to be on the pre-show and then they're going to lose or lose the titles? Like, I I don't know, but ultimately, like I I do kind of want them to win. But yeah, that two greatest things uh, that happened there. Um, another NXT note: Metaphor looks like we're going to get. What's his name? Josh Briggs challenging for the uh, the Heritage Cup. I could see him taking that from Noam Dar because I forgot that guy was around. Yeah, I just I, I at this point I don't care who it is. Just please get get Metaphor and Noam Dar out of the picture. Like I, I'll I'll give that their comedic stuff is sometimes entertaining, but like if I never saw Noam Dar in the ring again, I would have already seen him too much. Yeah, um, I, I think this would be a great opportunity to give Briggs that medium push with this championship or whatever the hell you cup. I don't know what the hell you chip, whatever you want to call it. Um, whatever. Uh, throughout the show, we had some Tiffany Fallon Henley skits. She's on a farm. And it's yeah, dirty. this and is it's what nasty. I was waiting for, man. This is what I was waiting for when they started this shit. And, was it uh, as good as you expected? Um, it was about what I had hoped for. I'll put it that way. I mean, she falls in a bucket of shit. So, like, it's pretty much kind of more or less what I was hoping for. But, like I said, they need to have, like, some weird blossoming friendship form out of this. Yeah, I need to go back and thoroughly watch it because i i kind of skimmed through this episode um so like i watched like the first segment you know and i i liked how she was like we're gonna muck up uh whatever the hell she said we're gonna muck up the the barn or whatever and she's like okay i'm sorry i don't speak ranch um <laughs> what does that mean and i'm thinking the same thing too i'm like hey yo, i never used that word in my life so what the hell are you talking about and she said, it just means clean oh all right, cool. And then she says horse droppings, and I'm like, "Give me horse shit, give me manure." I'm like, "You going, you going to correct that too?" And she, and then she eventually does say horse shit, which I was like, very excited about. But I didn't, I didn't really catch the other ones. I just, I saw where it looked like she fell or sat in something, and she was kind of freaking out. But I didn't, uh, I kind of skimmed over it. So I need to go back and thoroughly watch that when I can sit down and 
enjoy the I feel like Tiffany is better like in this acting quote unquote role than Fallon, unfortunately. No, that that I a hundred percent agree on. Um and to to that point, like Again, please get this girl up on the main roster because they're going to lose their opportunity, right? So, like, they've supposedly got Julia coming in. They've supposedly got uh, Camille coming in. Uh, at this point, might as well have Jade come in at NXT. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're gonna they're gonna lose an opportunity to slide Tiffany up to the main roster because once these women come in, I feel like she's going to be in the mix in NXT and just like. I don't want to say lost in a grouping of like right now she stands so far above the others that she really stands out. And then you stick these other girls in there and she'll still stand out, but probably not as much. So I almost feel like they should capitalize on that gap and that momentum right now. Yeah, they, they really do. Um, hopefully the rumble would be her opportunity. Um, they are on like a, a woman binge like on this episode right because we had like you know the the nikita blair to start the show they were talking about they've been fighting since the parking lot but nikita's wearing different clothes so i guess in the middle of the fight she had time to put her ring gear on that was dumb um we had lyra and then she got jumped by wannabe Carmen Electra and Lola Vice and then Tatum Paxley was out there so there's another four piece we had uh, metaphor girls Tiffy Fallon OTM was out there they lost to the family um, we recently had the family introduce a woman Rizzo and then now OTM is walking in the parking lot and Jada Parker wants to be down with OTM, another woman there. And we had um, Idris Anofe and Malik Blade when they were randomly backstage talking to each other. This random yoga lady came up and started trying to work them out. We know what she was there for. Um, and she was like, holla at me, playboys. And I guess she's trying to be down with them. She didn't even say her name. I don't know who that chick was. I, I don't know either. And then we also had the Cora Jade, Gigi Dolan match, and it sucks, unfortunately, that this is going to be the last televised match that we see of Cora Jade for a while because in a house show a couple days later, uh, she blew out her ACL. And poor girl just fucking got back. So she's going to be out of commission for like, you know, nine months or whatever. I feel like she was... Like, I feel like she was probably in line to be the next big heel to win the belt until one of these maybe if not Fallon um one of these new girls to take it from her because I feel like she or maybe even to do like a full roundabout story and have Roxanne finally get her final uh big title run before one of these girls takes it off her because I do feel we're like less than six months away from the next Oscar, who's going to be either one of those three women that you just named, because that's pretty much how all three of those women have to be treated. Like they can lose to each other and that's it. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, yeah, and I I do think that um that they're gonna put the belt on one of them, and it's gonna be an Oscar like run, and I kind of hope it's Julia, but um I you know unfortunately that happens to Corey Jade, but what she does have on her side is she's still young as fuck, right? So she's like twenty three years old or whatever. So um actually apparently her birthday was uh yesterday so that's even shittier but um she's still got a long career ahead of her for sure and i don't know what pto she may or may not have had if she was already doing random house shows but maybe this gave her some nice pto so that way she could enjoy her birthday with her family yeah, I don't. I, something tells me it was probably less than enjoyable. Glass half full, brother. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But oh, yeah, I mean that was, I don't know, kind of mid episode of NXT. Other than the the climax of Oba Femi. Yeah, it was really just Oba's episode, the start of the Dusty Classic, and um, yeah, I guess I guess we're probably going to see like some type of street match or mixed tag matches, something with OTM and the family. But other than that, not super much that went on. All right. Take us home, my dog. Well, here we are. Once again, we do thank you all for allowing us to make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. We will catch you next time, which should be the go home episode of Monday Night Raw before the great Royal Rumble PLE of 2024. But until then, y'all stay safe and enjoy the day. Deuces, deuces. Peace.